chapter 2. We'll be starting in verse number 1. Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse number 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, before there came wise men from east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes and, uh, and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and thou in Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor and that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I, might, that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child and Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'll help us as we gather here this morning. I know there's thoughts of things that may be happening this evening and thoughts of things that may be happening tomorrow or things that may have happened even before we have had this opportunity to gather in your word. Lord, I pray that in this time you'll help us to set all of those things aside, Lord. May you give us the strength and the focus to focus in on the greatest gift this world has ever experienced, the arrival of you. Lord, we give thanks to you for all that you've done. Thank you for coming and into this world and willingly laying down your life to redeem such a wretched people as us. But Lord, I pray that you'll help us to be wise this season. I pray that you'll help us to be wise as we conduct ourselves over these next few days. Lord, it is a time in which the world looks and in and, and a time in which the world expects to hear about Jesus. May we be wise in the way in which we present you. We give thanks to you for all that you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. We have before us what is considered a most familiar text and is probably 
Of all of the gospel presentations about the arrival of Jesus Christ, it is probably my favorite. The text not only provides the condition of the land, but it also provides the need for the land. It not only provides the need for the land, but it shows us the condition and the need, and it shows us people who sought to meet their need. In this text, starting off in verse number one, we see here that there is a time which Jesus in which Jesus was born, but there's also a temperature of the time in which Jesus was born. We see that in verse number one. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. In that very first verse, in that sentence, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king. This not only provides for us a, a timestamp historically in which Christ was born, but it also provides for us a temperature of the time. We understand that when Christ came in the time of Herod, in the days in which Herod ruled, he ruled for a short window between 4 B.C. to 6 A.D. That was the time, the historical time. But we also understand in this statement the temperature of the time. There was not many kings comparable to how wicked Herod was. Many commentators say that when it comes to the times of Herod, that it was safer to be Herod's pigs than it was to be Herod's own child. Many commentators even go back to say that, and we'll see that here in a few short verses, that when the news arrived to Herod's ears, it didn't only strike fear in Herod about the arrival of Jesus Christ, but it struck fear in all the people of Jerusalem about the arrival of Jesus Christ because on the outset of this news, Herod would set out to bring down havoc and destruction upon all of Israel. Herod was a terrible king. He was known for being a murderer and a tyrannical ruler. This is the time in which we receive the news in history that Christ was born. Verse number one tells us that not only it was the days in which Herod reigned, so we see the time in which it was, but we see the temperature, the, the basically the, the environment it was in which the time in which Christ arrived. But we also see in verse number one that there was a group of people who was tracing a star through the sky. Verse one says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. The scripture points out to us, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Now, if you read and study about this passage here, about how Matthew presents to us these wise men, commentators will add to the fact that they believe that these wise men were wise because some will say they were astrologers. Some say that they were kings from the far east. Some say that they were men of substantial wealth. But listen, Scripture doesn't point to us this morning that they were wise men because they studied Aristotle. Scripture doesn't say that they were wise men because 
They studied Socrates. They weren't wise men because they listened to Herod or even all the Jews. And when they arrived in Jerusalem, the scripture says they were wise men because they were seeking Jesus. That's what we're presented with before us this morning. These wise men, when they came from the east to Jerusalem, they were seeking to learn about where the king had been born. You want to be counted wise this season? You want to be counted wise this Christmas season? That in this wicked world in which we live in, in spite of what others uh, can say about this season, we ought to be wise people and have our eyes fixed. We ought to have our hearts focused about the reason of this season. Our eyes and hearts ought to be focused and begin to ponder and to begin to think and begin to appreciate and be filled with joy about why we even celebrate this time of year. Now, I understand society will try to mar it and they'll say happy Xmas and they'll say merry holidays and happy holidays, doing everything they can to abstract Christ from the season. But understand we have gathered here today not about a date to celebrate December 25th, but we have gathered here today to celebrate the greatest gift this world has ever experienced, the birth of Jesus Christ. This is when God sent forth his son born of a virgin. To be wise this season means when we wake up tomorrow morning and when we gather around our family and when we gather around our uh, extended family, that we take time not to be thanking good old St. Nick, as some will say, but we remind our family about what happened 2,000 years ago when our Savior came born in a manger. It's amazing to me. Nobody would arrive at a place knowing that they would be rejected. None of us would show up at a party knowing that we wasn't wanted to be there. That feeling of rejection, it makes us feel terrible. Yet, some 2,000 years ago, our Savior left the throne of heaven through the uh, uh, through this supernatural birth, born of a virgin, our Lord and Savior arrived on this earth, knowing that he would be rejected by men, knowing that men would torture him, knowing that men would crucify him, knowing that men would mock him, knowing all of this, and yet he came anyway. Oh, what a heart. I mean, this is the ultimate action and the ultimate gift of love this world has ever experienced. We may give gifts tomorrow out of love. We may give gifts tomorrow to, to bring joy to people's hearts. But it is an ultimate pointing to the greatest gift in which we cannot even compare to. Even more. Notice also a substantial doctrinal statement that is stated here by these wise men. <laughs> these wise men knew exactly what they were looking for. Look at verse number two. Saying, well, back up, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When these wise men arrived to speak to what the world would call King Herod, they didn't waste their time asking about the local coffee shop. They didn't ask where they could get a good meal, but instead they asked, where is he that is born king of the Jews? 
Look at that statement. Do not pass by that quickly. There is great significance here. The wise men, when they arrived to speak to Herod, they acknowledged his kingship, and it was at birth. Now, this was troubling to Herod. Now, Herod understood because Herod became king because Herod's father would grow up, and then after Herod's father would die, he would select Herod to be king. And matter of fact, when Herod would grow older, he would select his children to be king, and it would go on and on and on from that. But here, when the, the wise men arrived to speak to Herod, the question was, where is he that has been born king? He was born king. No one elected him. No one selected him. He was born with this deity. He, he did not have nothing passed upon him. This is a proclamation by the wise men that into humanity happened something that had never happened before. He was born king, never at one time, even in this birth, has the Lord ever set aside his deity. Never in time has the Lord ever set aside his kingship. He was born king. He suffered as a king. He was crucified as a king. He was placed in the borrowed tomb as a king. And three days later, victoriously, he rose from the grave as a conquering king. And even today, our Lord is a reigning king. Uh, this is what the wise men already knew, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Now, I want you to see this, that, they asked, where is this, where is he that is born king of the Jews? But even look even more that there was a testimonial offered of their intention. When they found him, they were chasing the star through the sky. And when they found him, they said that their intention was that they were going to worship him. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Can you imagine how this conversation unfolded between the wise men and Herod? They've come to seek the, they come before Herod. They tell Herod, we're, we're coming to find he who is born king of the Jews. Herod would automatically be intrigued and probably would have responded, well, what are you going to do when you find him? What's your intentions of finding him? Our intentions of when we find him is to worship him, to worship him. They came to celebrate his birth. Now, I want you to understand that even this scripture paints for us a clear understanding that when the wise men arrived, Many believe that Jesus was already a couple years old. When you get into verse number 19, you'll see that several years had passed before Jesus was ever able to make it back to this area because it was a time in which Herod died. But my point is this, is that even though the wise men arrived some couple years later, they still arrived to celebrate his birth. It may be 2,000 years have passed since Jesus' birth, but it's still worth celebrating. I don't know the day, but I can praise the day. 
I don't know the, the exact time, whether it was summer, spring, or fall, but I understand what happened in this moment in which Christ was born. Notice also that even though for the wise men, it was a time of rejoicing. It was a time of worship. They fell down and worshiped him. But notice just because it was an exciting time for the wise men, it wasn't an exciting time for everyone. Verse 3, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. Now, this word troubled comes from the Greek word, which means tarasso. It's not, it's not the same implication that you're troubled at the thought that um, you couldn't make your bills. It's not the thought that you're troubled at the thought you're running late to work. This word tarasso means to be uh, struck with fear. It means to absolutely be gripped with fear to the core. Now, there's two sides for us given in this verse because it says not only was Herod gripped with fear, but it says that all of Jerusalem was gripped with fear. Uh, Herod was gripped with fear because he was troubled at the thought that someone had the legitimate right to sit upon his throne. But for the people in Jerusalem, they were terrified, and, uh, terrified to the core at the thought of what Herod would do when he heard this news. Now, like I said, many commentators say that this wasn't foolish fear for those in Jerusalem. Just a short time before this news had arrived, uh, history states that Herod would have his favorite children and from his favorite wife murdered because he had developed in a paranoid rage that they were going to try to overtake him in his throne. So in a paranoid rage, he would have them executed. And by the way, this wasn't foolish fear, because as you read on in Matthew chapter 2, Herod would have every child from two years old and under murdered. They were gripped with fear because of the, the tyrannical man who was king over them. And so they were terrified. They were, they were gripped with fear. And when Herod had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. But even more, when Herod heard these, this news, he began to test the people to see who could tell them exactly where Jesus was. Verses 4, 5, and 6. And he gathered... And he had gathered all chief priests and scribes of the people together, and he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of, of, for out of thee shall come a governor that should rule my people Israel. You see that? In a time in which he could not understand, when these wise men arrived there, Herod turned to the people who were in the word of God, who knew the word of God, to tell the people who were not in the word where they could expect and what to expect about our coming Jesus. What does this mean for us? Is there an application for us in this? Tomorrow with our family as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. It is the responsibility of the people who are in the word 
to inform the people who are not in the word what they can expect about our coming Jesus. Now, yeah, the day is going to be surrounded around the reality of Jesus' arrival here upon this earth. But you understand just from the three gifts in which we'll see shortly that the arrival of Jesus Christ was even greater. The wise men understood why Christ had arrived. You can see that through the gifts that was offered. So in verses 7 through 9, Herod paints out this trickery. I, I won't paint it, but in verse number 9, he's, it basically he ends and tells the wise men to, to go and find, to listen to what the scriptures have said. This is what the word of God says. If you go down to Bethlehem, you're going to find Jesus. And then he tells the wise men to return back to him and tell them the good news that he may go and worship him. Of course, we understand that this was a lie, but in verse number 10, when they saw the star, when they listened to scriptures and they, they went down to Bethlehem and they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Somewhere in between the time where the wise men had arrived at Herod and before they had made it to Jesus, there was a time in which they could not see the star. This forced them to go to Herod and ask, where is the one who was born king of the Jews? And in response to that, they would turn to the word of God to tell them where they could expect to find Jesus. This is a testimony to even us today. That we can trust God's word. We can, listen, when they arrived there in Bethlehem, they rejoiced to see the star. When they arrived there in Bethlehem, they fell down and worshiped him. Scripture alone tells us that it's, we can be excited in trusting the word of God about what it tells us about the future. By the way, these wise men were, by the way, they traveled all the way from the east. They were wise not because they were looking for Mary. They were wise not because they were looking for the apostles. They were wise not because they were looking for John the Baptist. They were wise because they were the ones looking for Jesus. This is who we should be looking for. Even more, verse number 11. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. These three gifts, gold was the, the apparel in which kings wore. When the wise men arrived here and they fell down and worshipped Jesus and they presented these three gifts, the first thing that we have noted to us is that they were given gold to Jesus. This was their acknowledgement that Jesus Christ was indeed king. Frankincense is the second gift that was mentioned, and we understand that frankincense was often an odor that would be offered up. It would be broken and offered up during a time of worship. So they said, we acknowledge that he's king. Frankincense we're going to give in a statement to say that we acknowledge that he should be worshipped. But this myrrh, Myrrh was something that was to be used only when people died. This is how you would anoint a dead body. But yet in these wise men who sought Jesus, they recognized that he was king. They recognized he was worthy to be worshipped. But they also understood that this king would one day 
die to take away the sins of the world. And this is what we have to understand about being wise men and wise people tomorrow, wise people during this Christmas season, that we have to not just leave it there about baby Jesus born in a manger, but we have to explain to people that he came here and that he was born king, but he was worthy of our worship. But he didn't just come here so that we could exchange gifts on December 25th. He didn't come here so that we could worship him during our life. He came here to die on a hill called Calvary so that sinners like us could have hope. This is why we sing songs like born to die on a hill called Calvary. The, the wise men understood the importance of Jesus. Do we understand the importance of Jesus this morning? When we're around our families tomorrow, let's make sure they understand the importance of Jesus. The importance of this arrival even more. We just simply have to ask ourselves this Christmas season. Are we behaving wisely? Are we behaving wisely in the fact that we recognize him as king? Are we behaving wisely that we're giving him our worship? Are we behaving wisely that we recognize that this king died for us? left the throne in heaven, entered in humanity, born of a virgin, 33 years, lived a sinless, spotless life, and would ultimately die on a hill called Calvary as an innocent lamb for people like me and you. Even more, verse number 19. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph, in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead, which sought the young child's life. It was only safe for Jesus when Herod was dead. There is a volume of thoughts offered up in that statement. It is to say that from the moment that the wise men had informed Herod, that Jesus had been born, that day after day, week after week, month after month, Herod sought and lived in a continuous, miserable state, continuing in his motions, continuing to be dissatisfied, continuing to lash out at others, all because of the birth of Jesus. This, because Herod was so self-centered in what it meant that Jesus was born, he missed the birth of the Messiah. So what does this teach us in closing here? It teaches us that if you want to have peace, if you want to have joy, if you want to have excitement uncontrolled this Christmas season, you have to put away the self-centered thoughts. Because if you make the arrival of Jesus about yourself like Herod did, you will live and die in misery and miss the message that Jesus Christ has come to redeem us. We can't live in a self-centered way. Herod made this news about himself and he missed the message. I mean, very few times of the year, if we're honest with ourselves, 
Does the world expect us to talk about Jesus? So let's not squander the opportunity. Very few times do they expect us to mention about the impact of this or what this means to the beginning of the gospel message being played out in humanity. When we share with our families tomorrow, let us share with the gift, that a gift that is generous to every generation that has ever touched this earth, the gift of the arrival of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You want to have a great day tomorrow? Don't make it about you. Don't squander the opportunity to tell people about this day and what it means for all of humanity. If you make it about yourself, you'll be miserable. It always humors me that little kids, maybe your kids weren't like this, and maybe I should just say I'm not talking about mine, but we all understand this, that when you buy kids Christmas gifts, they open five, the other one opens five, and the other one opens five, and for the next 45 minutes, everybody's seemingly happy. But before long, this kid is wrestling that kid for the gift that they just got because all of this envy and jealousy just set in. Why? Because they had made this day about themselves. And when we make this day about ourselves, it will not be an exciting day. It's about you. But it's about what Christ did for you. And it's about what we get to experience because of what Christ did. It's an amazing thought to think he left the throne of heaven, remained king, and entered into humanity as the most helpless being this world has, a baby, an infant, and would live this life. I mean, think about this. I mean, how would you feel at the birth of your child if I was to walk into the room and say, wow, what a... What a beautiful baby. I wonder when he's going to die. What a beautiful baby. I mean, here, I bought this for them when he dies. I mean, we would probably, you'd probably throw me out on my head because it ruins the joy of the moment of this new birth, right? You're thinking about this beautiful birth, yet for the king, the creator of all, it has never been separated, even when we read the news of his birth, that he was born to die for the sins of the world. And that's what makes his birth so special. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this special singing that was offered up, Lord, the loving gifts and all that has been presented this morning, Lord. I thank you for the Witten Place Baptist Church, Lord. I pray that as we leave here this morning that we're wise, that we don't squander the opportunity that's put before us, that we uh, faithfully exalt your name, that we, we make sure that people understand that this birth was so that you could die on Calvary for our sins. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.